Hi, Love Leaders. It's Dr. Shannon Roberts, your host for the Love Leading Podcast, where we discuss how to create connection in your most important relationship that God designed, bringing health and sometimes healing while deepening intimacy. Welcome to the show. Welcome, love leaders, to the Love Leading with Dr. Shannon podcast, and you're going to love this episode. I have this guest that you're going to think is equally as amazing as I do, Um, Becca Biggs. Oh, yes, and she's got a lot to talk to us about, some fun and some not so fun, but that's okay because uh, it's all about finances sometimes, and we have this sometimes negative connotation when we have to talk about that. So we're going to throw in some fun stuff too. But Becca is an Enneagram 8 who fights passionately for what she believes in. Others be darned, she's a fierce friend, a fun aunt, a devoted Christian, and a newlywed. Becca reads an excessive amount of books. She geeks over finances, organizing, time management tips, and weirdly, skincare she's beautiful. She will play you in any board game and she will likely win. Becca has recently taken an interest in fantasy football to go with her passion for the real life sport. And you would think, Becca, welcome. Thank you. There's so much in that introduction that we could kind of <laughs> dive into and you would think, oh, I'm going to go right to the love story and right to the Enneagram because as a licensed therapist, I find those things fascinating. But no, I want to I want to start with football because I equally am in a family, a big football family. So introduce yourself and tell me how you came from a big football family too. Tell me how you got all wrapped up in that. Yes. So my dad actually recently retired about three weeks ago, but my entire life, I grew up as a coach's kid, starting with college football when I was young, moving every year until middle school. And then um, my dad took a job in the NFL, which kind of leveled out our moving part of football, but kept with the crazy for another, you know, 20 something years. So, right. And he retired here in Tampa Bay with our Tampa Bay Bucks, go Bucks, right? Yes, he actually started his NFL career with the Bucks. He oh, did okay. seasons with Tony Dungy. Okay. Kind of bebopped around a little bit and then came back and finished his NFL career here as well, which was super fun for me. <laughs> yeah, so you just carried on the same tradition and you're going into the fantasy football ring. Oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. And we share in this whole faith journey, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit of background about you and your kind of faith foundation. Well, I am so fortunate. I grew up in a just a really strong Christian home. My dad um, actually has a really crazy, unique story, but was the product of a teenage pregnancy. And mm. his biological mom found Jesus while she was in a halfway house. And she would only give my dad up for adoption if they could find a Christian home. And so my grandfather was a pastor. And so just grew up with a really strong background between my grandparents and then my parents. Um, and then I'm actually one of three girls, which everyone finds funny about football families that my dad <laughs> yeah, <right>. no sons. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've also been on that journey with my two sisters. So just had a, a really unique experience of getting to grow up in just an amazingly strong Christian household and um, have made it my own in the last decade or so. 
I love that. And that really hugely played a part in how you went about looking and finding your person. And so um, I like to highlight love stories. So before we dive into that also nitty gritty financial piece, tell me yours. What is your um, love story? <laughs> I met my husband, Blake, almost two years ago now, and we actually met online. But if you ask Blake and I'm not paying attention, he'll make up a really elaborate story of how we met because he thinks <laughs> meeting online is boring. But <laughs> if you know how to do it right, it, it passes by all those awkward first and second dates, right? Yes. And I work in HR, so really I can't date at work. So I don't know where else you find somebody. So yeah, you're not going to go sit on a bar stool or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I would have found the right one. You're right. We met online almost two years ago. Now we dated for a little over a year and, um, it's funny. I feel like we were kind of serious about it from the beginning because we did premarital counseling when we weren't even engaged yet. We're like, let's wow. make sure what we're doing here. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh. And and listen, people are like, oh, you already did counseling and you're not even married yet. And so I say, well, just consider it as premarital preparation. <laughs> we would a hundred percent recommend it. It was the best thing that we've done to set ourselves up right, I think. Nice. So we did that. And then towards the end of that kind of knew for sure we wanted to be together. And so we got engaged in June of last year and married in August. Okay. So I don't even know if I know this story, but I always say, don't just skip over the proposal. <laughs> okay. Well, actually our dating, our engagement and our marriage all have to do with going out on the boat. So Blake took me boating on our very first date. Nice. So we got engaged also on the boat, but the funny part was I was on to him because the day before he told me he was going shopping. And in over a year of dating, he had never been shopping. So I'm like, he's picking up my ring. He's picking up my ring. So I'm telling my girlfriends this and they're like texting him. And they're like, if you're picking up that ring, you better start sending pictures of something you're shopping for. Cause she's on to you. So he sends me <laughs> pictures and he's like, oh, I'm buying these shoes for our trip. And I'm buying this. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, he really is shopping. I'm not getting engaged. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> they're like, oh. Oh, that's so sad. So then the next day we go boating. I have no idea. And if you could see our engagement pictures, you would know because I have no makeup on and a baseball cap and we go boating and we're our thing that we always do is we go cruise the Alify river and that's where oh, we yeah. end up living eventually. Yeah. So we get to the end of the river and Blake said he kept waiting for like a, an opening. Like he was mm -hmm. like, I was waiting for like you to say something that would kind of bring my moment and then finally like right towards the end of the river I kind of leaned over and I was like I love you and he's like do you think you're gonna love me forever and I was like yeah I do he's like okay well then I got you something and he oh <laughs> wow oh. that's fantastic he totally pulled it off he totally did and he's like I was I was looking for a way like for 30 minutes before that and you didn't say anything cute <laughs> Oh, and you set him up for success. Good for you. Good for you. Oh my gosh. That's so great. So congratulations to that. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. So listen, I work with couples and gosh, if I could probably gain the wisdom and the foundation and the setup that you and your new husband have gotten way back when how further we would be, but, um, so finances, I want to know how this became an interest for you. Um, because my experience in working with couples is that, um, it's not necessarily how, what they fight about, but it's how they fight. 
But if you have to um, pick some top topics of what are the things that trigger the most, it is finances. Mm -hmm. And I have found that when we kind of really dive in, everyone comes to the table um, with different differing views about money, uh, different experiences from their family of origin, different disciplines. And listen, it kind of boils down that sometimes one's a saver and one's a spender, and they have different kinds of ideas of what they want to do with it. So first and foremost, how did you become fascinated in this topic? You're a human resources, um, you know, background. What what is it about finances that keeps keeps you passionate? I would say a big part of it probably started young for me because my dad has always been really interested in this stuff. Okay, he, like we make fun of him because he's like so into it, but even from a really young age, I felt like he tried to teach my sisters and I how to be financially independent. And I think a big part of that for him with having three girls was like, I don't want you to choose someone because of money. I don't want you to not choose someone because of money. I want you to know what you're doing. And then if you find the right partner and they're part of that, great. And if not, then live a great life and prosper and be who the Lord called you to be by yourself. And so- Wow, what a great message for women. Yes, so when I graduated college, Um, I moved to Tampa. I went to school at Purdue University, actually. So I moved down here from Indiana the week I graduated college. I took a job working at a crisis pregnancy center. So I was not making a lot of money. Right. Um, Nonprofit world, which was my world, actually, for a long time. And so I just wanted, my dad had always said, it's not how much you make, it's how you manage it. And so I was like, okay, well, then I need to figure out what I'm doing. And so I Mm. signed up and took a finance course at my church uh-huh. Here. And it just can highly recommend that for any couple if they're trying to figure out where to start. That's a great place to start, right? 100%. I took, um, and there's a bunch of good ones, but I took the Dave Ramsey financial mm-hmm. piece. Okay. Um, a lot of churches offer that. And I just, I kind of fell in love with the concept that if you, if you worked the plan right, nothing was out of reach. And so I think mm-hmm. that's kind of been Blake and I's theme together is we've come so far on our individual journeys. Now we're together. So it's like, let's figure out what our biggest dreams are and figure out how to make it happen because it's a hundred percent possible. Like nothing's off the table if we work at it right. And I think that's what I've enjoyed about the journey is like, it's opened so many doors. It's made so many things possible. Like for us, we really want to live on the water. And so that's our dream. That's what we're working for. But Well, I love that mindset, first and foremost, because um, finances sometimes seem in a lot of people's minds and a lot of couples' minds to be like, you know, more about being trapped or confined, but you're saying, oh no, done right, it's freeing, and we can actually, you know, dive in together and make our dreams come true. I mean, hope and hope expectation it's like the highest emotional vibe and connection. So I'm loving that mindset to begin with. This episode of the Love Leading Podcast is sponsored by the Marriage Momentum Program, a virtual experience of working live with Dr. Shannon, allowing you to choose the expertise you desire from anywhere you live. Through her warmth and professionalism, Dr. Shannon will lead you on your path from pain to healing, conflict to connection, and giving you the tools to communication that lead to the intimacy you are designed for. It is chocked full of additional resources, 
such as videos and curriculum that give you the comprehensive care that gets you the momentum results that other standalone 50-minute sessions cannot, all from the comfort and convenience of your own home. For more information, go to shannonrobertscounseling.com. Schedule your free 30-minute consultation today to discuss how you too can start your path back to each other. Enjoy the rest of the show. But before you even got with Blake, like, I, I just want, I want I want my um, community out there to know kind of, I don't want to sell you short of kind of your own accomplishments. Even before you were a couple, you had really established yourself with a lot of financial freedom, a lot of financial security, and you're young. So tell us a little bit about that going into this relationship. Well, I will say most of it is probably just the Lord's blessing. And some of it was a little bit of dumb luck, but I had just taken the little snippets of what I had actually listened to my parents tell me over the years. (laughs) And then I took Dave Ramsey and I just got serious really young. And I think that helped. I was 22. I think when I graduated college and moved down here, I was 23 when I bought my first home, Wow, which we are actually currently living in. So it's been a fun, long journey, but you know, it was right at the end of, um, kind of the real estate crash of 2009, 2010 Mm -hmm. and rent was really high, but buying wasn't. And so that was, that's probably been my biggest financial success that I've quadrupled my money on that, but congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. But my parents really encouraged me young to also, my dad always kind of said like, there's so many people who are going to be smarter and better at things than you surround yourself with the right ones. So mm-hmm. I found a financial advisor really young. Yeah. And then I just, you know, it, it's funny looking back how little money I had to give him in the beginning. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> he took me as a client. Like, here's my little, little bitty yes. mess. <laughs> like, what do you do at a hundred dollars a month? <laughs> you know? Like we'll grow from here together. Yeah. So he stuck it, stuck it out with me for, I guess I'm, probably about 15 years in with him, 13 to 15. We'll go with somewhere in that range. Wow, and wow. he's just been amazing. And I meet with him twice a year and I go over, this is what I want out of life. This is what I want to accomplish. Yeah. Here's where I'm at. And then he's, um, I always tell him he can be harder on me than he is, but I'm like, push me a little, like, how, what do I have to do to make sure that I'm not going to be, you know, poor in retirement or, oh, you know, yeah. Have to work. So until you hard. already had this really secure foundation, so it was it was like a value set. So let me tell you, I mean it, that's huge because um, a lot of times when couples start out, especially dating and moving into marriage, they hold that financial peace conversation to the very end because it's so hard to be vulnerable about your finances to either a potential future mate or a new mate. So, but you went into this whole thing, like, no, this is like one of my big values and I'm going to like, I'm going to vet it out. Tell me about that. I did. I used to joke that I was going to run a background and a credit check on anyone <laughs> I dated just to make sure I knew what I was getting into. Love it. Love it. I still actually don't think that's a bad piece of advice for anybody out there, but I really was pretty open about that early on, just mm. my priorities. And a big part of that for me was I really just don't. I don't want money to hold me back. I want money to be the thing that makes the rest of what we believe in and are passionate about happen. Mm. And so um, when I met Blake, Blake was similar to me in so many ways in that, like 
completely out of debt other than his home, owned a home on his own, you know, had made so many good choices. And I really respected that because I felt like when you go into marriage, you need a partner that you can trust and believe in. And I'm like, I feel like if I meet someone and they're terrible with money, I'm going to have a hard time with that. Like I'm going to want to give them an allowance or control. them, And I don't think that's going to work. And so I really kind of lucked out on that. I, I had talked about it really early on. And then, like I said, we went through premarital even before we were engaged and they had a big section on finances. And uh-huh. um, so we got to talk through like, you know, where do you land on generosity or a tithing? Where do you land on saving? What makes you, you know, what does money mean to you? And I think for Blake, money is more security for Blake than it is for me. Yeah. And so he sees money really differently. Uh-huh. So when we first, you know, started dating, got engaged, got married, I had to figure out like, okay, what does that look like? And so, you know, he'll call me and be like, well, what if, he gives me what if scenarios. What if <laughs> one of us lost our job? I'm like, okay, well, how long do you think we could survive on our savings? And he's like, I don't know, a couple of years. I'm like, okay, well then don't worry about it. Just do your best every single day and I'll do my best and it should be enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that is the true picture right there of how couples can enter in conversations with total vulnerability. What do, what does money mean? Well, it kind of has the connotation of security and it can be so many different things for so many different people. Some it's identity, some is, you know, generosity, some it's, you know, uh, all about, you know, um, worth and, and, or identity. But I mean, you, you already had those conversations and then the vulnerable conversations of when in doubt and reaching for your partner to get that assurance. And are we on the same page and are we certain of one another? I love that. I love it. I think it takes the pressure off too, because I think, you know, life is hard. Money is stressful sometimes for people. It's like, sometimes you got to come back to like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Let's just talk through it. And if we think we can survive the worst case, then everything other than that is going to be great. Absolutely. And there's one thing that you said that really shocked me when I said, you know, I talked to you about the one's more of the spender and one's more of the saver. You said, Shannon, eerily, I'm kind of more of the spender. He's more of the saver. So tell us about that, which is, I thought, ironic. It is kind of because nobody would guess that about me. Actually, so I'm also kind of a clean freak now and I was the messiest child my parents had. And so I always tell people, I'm like, you can change. It is true. <laughs> you do grow up, you do become better. But I really have always kind of been a spender. I love to have a good time, I like nice things. <laughs> um, I think what I learned early on that Blake and I have also adopted is it's just setting the parameters so that you still mm-hmm. feel like the money that's left over, you get to spend on what you want. So for us, for example, right now, we're living on one of our incomes, saving the other income. Wow. And that's how we're going to, you know, hit our goals. It's how we're going to be able to, you know, eventually, hopefully live on the water, et cetera. But for us, that means the one that's left, we do get to spend. So we get to choose how we spend it. We get to have fun with that. And so it Freedom still feels yeah. like a great life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I say that oh. all the time. Like, we have a good life. Like we have a good life. We still get to do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. So just bare bone basics. I mean, do um I'm just like trying to you know think about what my community out there has questions about. Do you guys sit down together? How often do you kind of obviously you have a budget that you're watching? How closely who does one person pay bills or is that something you join together on? I mean, how do you how do you make this 
relative and actual practical in your life? So I would, we do have a budget. I would say primarily I do 80% of the finance work, mostly because I enjoy it more. And Blake would really rather just be told, Hey, you're starting to spend too much. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't want to be too nitty gritty with it. But I will say the part that he's super involved in is just kind of our vision casting part of it. And for Mm. us, that's twice a year with a financial advisor. We sit down and we say like, what are our goals? Mm -hmm. You know, this is what we want to save for a house. Um, you know, we, we really, a big priority for us is staying out of debt. So like we're saving to pay cash for our next cars. We, Mm. we have little kind of pockets and, and even just pockets for generosity. Like I have a deal with my nieces and nephews. We're taking each of them on a trip when they make it to high school. And they're, I love that. Share that with me. I love this piece. Keep going. And so it's funny because as they, it started when they were really young, we started talking about it. I started saving for it and they each year, like their ideas change as they get older, right? So it started with like, I want to go to Africa and go on a safari. And then it went to, I want to go shopping in Paris. And then, you know, it's changed about a hundred times, but Uh even those things, like we sit down and we say, how much are we going to save for these things? And then I kind of work the plan, if that makes sense. But the plan is very much both of our vision for Mm -hmm. our future, for our current lives, what's important to us, what do, you know, what are our biggest baddest dreams and how are we going to make them happen? We do that together. And then I kind of make sure we stick with the plan. I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of more my gifting. Blake could certainly do it, but I kind of like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it really gets really, yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, oh, that would be so hard um, if you really don't feel confident. So listen, a lot of um, my people in my ecosystem will probably say, yeah, but you started out right. So a lot of them are going to be coming in, beginning to have these tough conversations, kind of having to remediate for a time like it's walking through mud before they can get to that financial freedom, big dream kind of place. So can you give some just practical steps? What what would be the like top three things that you would say to couples that are just now starting, starting late, or maybe have to kind of back up before they move forward? Sure. First of all, I don't think anyone gets everything right. So I did start out in debt, making not very much money and living on my own. So okay, that's um, good to know. That's good to know. I've had to do the two to three jobs to get their thing as well. But I think money is actually probably not as complicated as we make it. I really think you have to get to the point where you are not spending more than you're making. That's how you start succeeding, right? So I break it all the way down to that for people. I'm like, okay, if this is how much money is coming in, you need to get to where your expenses are here. And that's Mm. how you start winning, right? It's Mm. everything is about winning when you're from a football family, right? But (laughs) so really have the first conversations, those hard ones are, okay, what is truly wants and needs and how much can we together conjointly teamwork here shave off? Yes. Mm. And I think the question is like, how bad do we want this? Mm. Because if we both really want this, it's a priority for both of us to get to this point, then what are each of us willing to give up? And you know, back in the day, even actually when we were dating and Blake was saving up to buy my engagement ring, like we had those conversations like, okay, I'm getting rid of cable. You know, it's like, you realize $85 to $150 a month is significant when all this, you know, and so 
you can't, you're not going to fix it all in a day, but that's where I would start is like, Hey, let's get on the same page. How bad do we want this? And what are we willing to give up to get there? Does it mean our date nights become eating in instead of eating out? Mm. We make it fun. And then I think the other thing is I would tell couples be harder on yourself than the other person. <laughs> I think we tend oh, to wow. push the other person harder than we want to push ourselves. But I think yes. it's better when, when I look at, okay, what can I be doing better? What could I give up? Where could I, you know, save some money? It's easier to do it to somebody else, but I think it's better to do it to yourself, if that makes sense. That's a great point. I love that. And they see that you're also making those sacrifices and it kind of motivates them from just role modeling. Yes, definitely. Nice. Because the nag thing, it just doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, and it's honestly not that fun. Like, no, and they'll they'll land in my office. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, those are some really great, great, great points. And and did you have a third, or did I miss the third? <laughs> oh, let's see. I would in say, the I'm sorry. Go ahead. I would say automating savings has been a big thing for us. So, like, I am a spender. I like to spend. Saving does not get me as excited, but. What I have done well for since I've been an adult is automate my savings so that I never see that money. It goes where it's supposed to go. The job gets done. And then I, I only see what there is available to spend. And that's mm-hmm. still what we do, right? One of our incomes goes into our checking. That's what we budget. The other you one, never even see it. Smart, smart, smart. It easier because if I put it in there and I have to choose every month to do it, I may or may not on a given month, but yeah, we'll fudge. We will fudge. Absolutely. <laughs> we will fudge. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I would say automate your savings. I think that's helpful. I think it takes pressure off whoever the spender is, but it also kind of like reassures the saver. Like, okay, mm. I don't have to worry about what you're spending because I already know all the savings we've agreed to is happening. I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, when you get that, um, home on the water. I live here in Tampa Bay. So I want to come see it. I want to like celebrate with you guys. Yes. We'll take you on the boat. We'd love it. Oh, and that too. That's the extra. That's where, that's why we need the house on the water. (laughs) Oh, Becca, thank you for taking your time at work to just carve in and do your passion by giving back value in the areas that you feel so um, passionate about. So if people want to find, because you you have a website, you have a, I think a blog. If um, people want to know more about Becca and, and the bigs, tell, tell me where you want to drive them to kind of contact and reach out to you. Sure. Um, I do have a blog. I try to update it pretty regularly about once a week and it's becoming the bigs. Bigs has two G's. Um, mm. um, so you can find me on there. Also, if you search Becca Biggs, you can probably find all my social media. So if you want to connect on there, I'm totally open to that too. But Awesome. And if you're listening and you want to come back to these show notes, um, we're going to have them all posted there for you to um, just be able to click on electronically. And here's the last question, um, Becca. I always ask my guests, um, during kind of maybe a more challenging time, and not that you probably have had a lot of those because you're a newlywed, but I mean, like you said, we haven't done it all right. Um, But just as a source of encouragement um, for you and Blake, um, what got you through a hard moment, a hard chapter? So we made a rule before we got married that we have stuck pretty well to. And that is, um, we are big on apologizing. 
And for me, like, I am a very forgiving person, but I need you to apologize. And I think Blake feels that way too. And I think there's also a humility to apologizing that kind of keeps us in the right spirit towards each other. Absolutely. Never let something go without an apology. Like if one of us says something wrong, like I'll hang up the phone sometimes then call back and be like, Hey, I feel like my tone was super off and I am sorry. You didn't deserve that. It wasn't even really about you, but I'm sorry that I took it out on you. So we always come back to that. And, you know, I mean, everyone says the first year of marriage is the hardest We're six months in, it has not been easy, in <laughs> but I do feel like we've probably apologized as much as we've said, I love you in the first six months. And it's kept Aww. us healthy. If nothing, <laughs> you know, on the good days, the bad days, we always come back to, we make things right. You know, we're yeah. not going to get it all right, but we fix it when we break it. That's a great message. Thank you for that. And I enjoyed having you. Can't wait to fast forward and have you and Blake back. Yes, I would love it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, you take care. Welcome and um, we will see you next time. All right, thanks. Uh, Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, Love Leaders. Be sure to check out all our links in the show notes and visit me at shannonrobertscounseling.com. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any others. Until next time, go lead in loving well.